Let's pray. Lord, be our vision. Lord, guide our steps. And Lord, speak to our hearts. Only you can show us the path to go. Only you can show us the way of life. Help us to pay attention to your voice and to how you are guiding us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Uh, thank you so much to Jessica for leading us today. Uh, a few announcements for today. If you could follow along in your bulletins. Uh, welcome to Perch Thought Church, a hospitable community for spiritual wanderers. Our vision is to love Jesus um, through our four core values, which are biblical, relational, open-minded, and service-oriented. As we plan on launching uh, publicly later this year, uh, we are grateful that you are with us today and kind of exploring with us and journeying with us in this season that we're in as we figure out uh, where exactly it is that God wants us to meet permanently. So we're so grateful to uh, Honeybird for uh, allowing us to meet here. The owner is not here right now, but uh, yeah, this will probably be our last Sunday here. And then uh, in two weeks, we'll try out different spaces, but we will definitely be back here sometime for the food because the food here is like pretty awesome. Um, they have one of the best fried chicken sandwiches I've ever had. So uh, you definitely want to come here and check it out sometime on your own. And as we prepare to launch publicly, the three things that we all need to do in order to launch well is to connect, engage, and invite. Okay, so connect with each other, just be a community, be the church, okay? Love each other as Christ loved us. Uh, engage with what God is already doing in uh, Glendale and greater Los Angeles area. Uh, and we will be leading some of those efforts on our own uh, by partnering with existing charities and nonprofit organizations like Family Promise um, and uh, Children's Hunger Fund and invite okay uh, invite others along the way who would benefit from a community like ours uh, because we really want to be a hospitable community for spiritual wanderers if you know anyone who kind of fits that uh, spiritual wanderer um, identity uh, they might actually feel very comfortable here and they might find a spiritual home here and that really means like being part of this community and this might be that your invitation to them might literally be the only invitation they have to be a part of a community like this. So yeah, keep those three things in mind. Uh, we are concluding our series of Create today. Um, last week, uh, I wanted to thank Dia for uh, being able to guest speak for us. I hope all of you were able to benefit from her uh, being here and her stuff, uh, her um, message is available on our website and if you miss anything else from our uh, past sunday gatherings please visit our archives page and next week is a very special week because in lieu of our regular sunday gathering like this we are going to the dodger game all right the game starts at one i think um right ben it starts at one right the game um and ben is the one organizing this for us so thank you ben for Figuring that out. Um, tickets are limited though, okay? We had to pre-purchase our tickets in order to get the group discount. Uh, and we are asking that you pay at least half of the ticket price. 
And if you can't even pay that, um, we will try to help you out as best as we can. Uh, but if you want to pay more than that, by all means, feel free to do so. What? Twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. So the actual total is forty. That's how you know we were able to get the group discount that way. Um, so we're asking that you pay at least twenty. Um, and how many tickets do we have left? Eight or nine. Okay, eight or nine. Okay, so yeah, you wanna. If you didn't reserve your spot, um, please be sure to hit up Ben afterwards. And lastly, you can support or engage in our worship by giving. Um, you could text to give. We don't have an offering box. I don't know how that's gonna work with COVID, so. <laughs> uh, you can text to give that number or give online on our website, or you could even Venmo us at that handle. So uh, last week, um, or this past week, uh, my family and I were able to uh, take a little break. Uh, we were in Texas for the time being. But I wanted to ask you all, um, how many of you were able to enjoy the Olympics so far? Who's been watching it? All right, I've been uh, really excited for it. What's your favorite sport in the Olympics? Just yell it out. Archery. Art, really? Archery, really? Oh, okay. Really? Okay. <laughs> Did you say dancing? Oh, fencing, oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't know how intense that was. Fencing is really intense, yes? Gymnastics, yes, for sure. Tennis, yes. There were uh, some pretty big upsets. Osaka was knocked out pretty early and Djokovic just recently got knocked out, which is really surprising. Okay, anyone else? Favorite sports? Interesting, no one said swimming. Interesting, all right. I don't know, because maybe swimming's not as uh, <laughs> interesting. Well, uh, there are a few highlights for me. Gymnastics definitely uh, is what uh, comes to mind, especially since um, uh, Asian American Suni Lee won the gold. Asian pride. <laughs> Just kidding. Does that sound racist? Maybe that comes off a little racist. Because if I were white and I said white pride, that would sound totally wrong. But for some reason, when I say Asian pride, it doesn't sound as bad. I don't know why. But uh, I was really excited to see uh, Suni Lee uh, win gold because uh, it also brought some attention to the, to, to the Hmong community, which is uh, a really small but uh, prominent community in uh, America. And, uh, but the big news this past week was Simone Biles on Tuesday announcing that she's not gonna continue in the Olympics. And part of it was because uh, when she did the vault competition, she landed awkwardly and she just knew with her own self-awareness that um, she shouldn't continue, right? And she talked about it with her coach, she talked about it with her team, and she didn't want her team to be penalized because of her um, limitations, right? And so uh, at first when she announced that, obviously a lot of people were disappointed because she was a fan favorite, right? And she is, uh, so uh, successful as a gymnast but interestingly the people who understood her the most were other gymnasts it was the people who are not athletic at all <laughs> who were criticizing her but it was the ones who were uh, former Olympic athletes and professional gymnasts who understood exactly where she was coming from right and it took a lot of courage and self-awareness and, and discipline for her to be able to say no and 
and walk away, right? And, and by no means is she like quitting because she is very much uh, involved in her teammates' efforts, right? She's there on the floor encouraging her teammates and, and, and giving them tips and advice along the way, right? But it took so much courage for her to be able to be self-aware enough and to be able to say no. And really in that moment, in that moment, she realized that this was no longer the path for her to go, which is incredible because she's prepared and practiced and trained for years for this moment, right? And she realized this is no longer the path that I'm supposed to go. And she had to really create her own path, right? Which it was really just, it was her own decision, right? And, and even though the world and journalists and critics will tell her one thing, she knew in her heart, she knew in her spirit that that was no longer the path to go. Oftentimes in life, it takes so much more courage to walk away from something than to say yes to something. Oftentimes in life, it takes so much more courage to say no than to say yes. Right? And so think back in your own life, okay? Just think back for a minute in your own past. When was a really, really difficult, painful time that you had to walk away from something? Okay, actually think about that, okay? When was a time you had to say no to something or actually like walk away from something? And if you can, just spend a minute or two, turn to your neighbor and share that with your neighbor, okay? When was a time you had to say no to something or you had to walk away from something that was really, really painful to do. So I'll give you a couple minutes to, uh, to do that. That was, a, that was a good excuse for me to use the restroom. Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys had some good discussions. Um, best-selling author and serial entrepreneur Seth Godin said this, the person who fails the most wins. The person who fails the most wins. Now there's a caveat to that. Uh, the disclaimer that he says about this quote is that you actually have to leave enough resources for yourself, enough energy in your tank, and enough time to be able to fail at many small things. You don't wanna fail too big too early because <laughs> then you're putting all your eggs in one basket and you'll have nothing left, right? So he's saying as best as you can, Try many things and fail at many things in order to find the path that you're supposed to go. I think so many times we live in this constant state of like fear and ambiguity and we feel trapped that we don't realize we actually do have options. We actually have the ability to, to be able to try and fail at different things. So the central truth for today's message is this, okay? And that's, this is the fill in the blank that you see at the top. In order to know the right path to go, we have to encounter a series of no. Okay, in order to know the right path to go, we have to encounter a series of no. I have found that sometimes when I'm making a point in my message, if it rhymes, it sticks better. <laughs> so uh, in order to know the right path to go, we have to encounter a series of no. 
If you have your Bibles, um, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, if you have a Bible app or uh, an old school Bible like me, turn to Proverbs chapter 3. If you do not have a Bible, uh, I'll just read us for us today. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. My child, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Amen. This book uh, is attributed to King Solomon, who was the son of the famous King David, and he has the reputation of being the wisest person in all of Scripture, besides Jesus, of course. And in Proverbs chapter 3, as you can see, he is writing words of wisdom, words of advice, words of counsel to his children. If he could leave any words that with his children, even after that he leaves, even after he's dead, he is putting them down in Proverbs chapter 3. And he says, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life for many years and bring you prosperity. In other versions of the Bible, it says that it will bring them peace. So he gives them this, these words of advice, not because uh, he wants them to be like rich and successful. It's because ultimately he wants them to live a life of peace. The past year and a half or so, uh, during this time of COVID lockdown, when our church uh, had to meet online and we feel like we're kind of starting over in many ways, I've often come back to Proverbs chapter 3. In moments when I feel discouraged, when I feel lost, when I feel afraid, I've come back to Proverbs chapter 3 and it's given me comfort. It's given me wisdom and it's given me hope. There have been so many things that happened in my life in the past year and a half. Um, Becky and I moved uh, and our family uh, is going to move again into another home soon. Um, Becky has changed jobs and I have also picked up a second part-time job as a, a chaplain about half a year ago. And there are so many lessons in life that I've learned from being a chaplain. At first I was worried that being a chaplain at a hospital, uh, being around all these sick people would drain me and uh, discourage me and leave me feeling hopeless, but in, in fact, it did the exact opposite. It encouraged me, it gave me life, and it actually gave me more hope. Especially when I was meeting with people face-to-face, -face, uh, with masks on, obviously, 
um, when I wasn't able to meet with uh, other people face to face uh, very often. And I have this kind of um, routine before I go into each patient's room because in any given day, uh, in, when I'm working a full day shift, anywhere between eight and 10 hours, I will see anywhere between 25 and 40 patients in one day. And sometimes when I walk into the room, the patient will cuss me out and tell me to leave <laughs> because they don't want anything to do with religion. And other times when I walk into a room, I don't even say anything. And they just see my name tag and see that I'm a chaplain and they just start crying because they're so desperate for some sort of spiritual presence. So I have this routine before I go into each room. I say a quick prayer before I enter the room and then I introduce myself to the patient. Hi, I say, hi, my name is Al. I'm a chaplain with a hospital. I came here to provide any spiritual or emotional support that you might need. How are you doing today? And then I ask them a series of carefully selected questions. It might feel like small talk, but in fact, it's getting deeper and deeper into their heart and desires. I ask them about their family. I ask them about their work-life balance. I ask them about their health. And when I ask them these questions, it's not simply because I'm curious, it's because I want them to discover themselves. It's this journey of self-discovery that I'm leading them on. And I actually do very little talking. I ask a question, I wait, and silence has become uh, a partner in my spiritual visits. And as they answer these questions, uh, they slowly start to discover their deepest fears, their greatest joys, profound moments of sadness, and the things that they are most grateful for. So when I'm asking, when I'm asking these questions, I'm asking them like, so that they could discover themselves. Indian philosopher uh, and theologian by the name of Jiddu Krishnamurti, he said this, the highest form of human intelligence is to observe yourself without judgment. The highest form of human intelligence is to observe yourself without judgment. Part of the reason why patients at the hospital open up to me so quickly and so easily is one, because I'm a stranger. When I meet them in this hospital room, uh, chances are they're never gonna see me again. And the other thing, the other reason why they are able to open up to me is because everything they share with me is confidential, right? Unless it endangers their life, unless something they're telling me endangers their life, I'm not gonna share what they told me with anybody, right? And so uh, that anonymity is very safe. The confidenti uh, confidentiality is very safe. Uh, but another reason why uh, they are able to open up to me so much is because I'm asking them questions that no one has ever asked them before. I ask them questions like, how does God want you to take care of yourself that you've neglected over the past several years? What are you most afraid of? If you get out of this major surgery well, and you're better after the surgery than you were before, what is one thing you want to accomplish? What are some of the things that you have taken for granted that you're most grateful for? 
And I, when I ask him these questions, it's not because I'm dying to know what the answers are. It's because I want them to discover themselves. And self-awareness, self-discovery is an essential part of spiritual growth. I've always wondered why God has us confess and admit that we are sinners before we can begin that journey of repentance and spiritual maturity. Part of the reason why he uh, asks us to do this is not because he wants us to feel terrible about ourselves or to make us feel like we're worse, like we're terrible people. It's ultimately because he wants us to look honestly at ourselves. Take a good, hard look at yourself. Without judgment, without flattery, and without conflict of self. Take a good, honest look at ourselves. Another thing that Krish, uh, the philosopher Krishnamurti said is that the mind is truly free. The mind is truly free when one is capable of looking at himself or herself as they truly are. The mind is truly free when one is capable of looking at himself or herself as they truly are. Do you know anyone who has utter lack of self-awareness? It's as if they are trapped in their own minds and they don't even know it. This journey of self-awareness and self-discovery is so essential to spiritual health. When I look at this passage, um, some of the verses and words that stand out to me uh, from Proverbs chapter 3, um, there are so many, but one of them is in verse 3. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. It talks about love and faithfulness in three ways in verse 3, okay? In, in the first part, it talks about love and faithfulness as kind of like a companion, like a guide. That love and faithfulness is always with you, beside you, and leading you. And then the second part, it talks about love and faithfulness almost like a necklace. Bind them around your neck. Let it be evident to anyone who sees you. When they look at you, they see that you are wearing love and faithfulness. And lastly, it talks about love and faithfulness being inside you. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Tablet is not, King Solomon is not talking about an iPad, okay? He's talking about stone tablets, kind of like uh, the Ten Commandments that were written in stone. They're permanent. It's written with hammer and nail and etched into the stone permanently. And ultimately, what it's saying is love and faithfulness has to be inside you, in your heart. So the second thing in, in your bulletin is this. Love and, faithfulness, love and faithfulness needs to guide you, be around you, and be inside you. Love and faithfulness needs to guide you be around you 
and be inside you. You saw how I made it rhyme again? <laughs> One of the psychologists that many Christians have problems with is uh, Sigmund Freud. Um, but I've benefited a lot from his work and from his writings and his research. But he says his own version of this, which is really interesting. He says, love and work are the cornerstones of humanness. Isn't that interesting? That's like his paraphrasing of Proverbs chapter 3, and I don't even know if he's aware of it. <laughs> he says, love and work are the cornerstones of our humanness. And when you think about many of the heroes in the Bible, they all had to kind of find and create their own paths, either figuratively or literally, to bring about their own transformation. Uh, Moses, okay, the great prophet Moses, he ascended up a rocky path into the, a mountain called Sinai when God gave him the call to lead the Israelite people out of slavery. Esther, Queen Esther married the king of Persia only to later save her own people, her own Jewish people from destruction. And, king, uh, uh, and Saul, uh, Apostle Saul, was literally traveling down a road toward a city called Damascus when Jesus encountered him there and profoundly changed his life. And Jesus Christ himself while beaten and bloodied, carried the cross up a path toward Calvary's hill in order to not only transform his own life, but to transform all of ours. Don't ever apologize or feel guilty or regret trying things that didn't work out. Don't ever apologize, feel guilty, or regret trying things that didn't work out. Maybe you majored in one thing, but then you ended up changing majors later. Maybe you tried one job, and you realized a few months in that this is not the job for you. Maybe you are in one path, and you realize like you actually want to try out a different path. If you are privileged, like I am, I'm very privileged, okay? Um, then you might have options to try different things out and fail. I know for a fact that the only way that I'm able to try being a, a church planter and starting this new church is because I'm married to my wife. Okay? Thankfully, like, she works a full-time job, right? She's a, a successful graphic designer, entrepreneur. Without her, I would never be able to do this. She is my sugar mama. <laughs> and without her, I would never be able to do this. If I were a single dad, or if I were married to someone who was a, you know, a full-time uh, homemaker, which is great, you know, there's no way that I would ever be able to attempt this. So I know that I'm very privileged. And as much as I want to say that um, I know 100% that this church is going to be successful, I know that there's a possibility that we might fail. I know that. But the thing that I have to remember is that love and faithfulness needs to guide me, be around me, and be inside me.
Whatever I do, I need to do it with love. And I need to be faithful to it. Other versions of the Bible translate the word faithfulness as uh, persistence or loyalty. Everything I do needs to be with those two things in mind, love and faithfulness, not guarantee success. Okay, not guarantee. God doesn't lead us down paths like, and promises us like guaranteed success according to the world standards, right? What he does promise us is peace, a life of peace. This is why it says in verse four, then you will win favor and good name in the sight of God and man. And this is the last point that I want to make for us. Success in the eyes of man cannot be separated from success in the eyes of God. Okay, success in the eyes of man cannot be separated from success in the eyes of God. The world might tell you what success looks like, that you only have to accomplish a lot of money or uh, get into a position of power. But if God is not pleased with it, you will not be pleased with it. Because we are created in God's image, in God's likeness. And so if you become rich by cheating other people, it will not give you peace. If you get into a position of power by lying and stealing, it will not give you peace. You cannot separate success from man's eyes from success in God's eyes. If God is pleased with you, you will find peace ultimately. You can see here um, this uh, little image called the hero's journey. And for those of uh, you who are catching up online, I will put this bulletin uh, on our website. Uh, the hero's journey. This was, um, this was concocted by an author by the name of Joseph Campbell. And about uh, 40 years ago, which is crazy, uh, in the 70s. Is that 40 years ago? Oh my gosh, that's 50 years ago. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, he, Joseph Campbell, researched and studied like all these famous stories uh, throughout history, okay? From Greek mythology, okay, to, uh, to 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, and he looked at these stories of famous protagonists or heroes, right? And he realized that they all typically go through this cycle, okay? And there's like 12 steps, which is why it's a circle. It's supposed to look like a clock, all right? There's 12 steps, okay? It starts with the uh, hero starting at his home, all right, at the top. That's the first step, which uh, is not written there, okay? But it starts with the journey at his home, and then he receives a call, all right? He receives the call to go on this adventure, to go on this journey. Uh, but he has a hard time with the call, so he refuses the call, all right? That's the third step. And ultimately, he meets someone, uh, maybe a supernatural aide or a mentor or a guide who helps him, all right, or her. Uh, and ultimately, through that person's help, uh, they're able to cross the, thre uh, cross the threshold. And they encounter a series of tests and tribulations, and their biggest challenge uh, exists in this darkness or a literal cave sometimes. And they encounter this big challenge, okay? And ultimately, if they overcome this challenge, they get the reward. And after they get the reward, uh, they go on the road back home, but they're transformed. It's kind of like a resurrection, all right? And uh, by the time they get back home, back to the top, 
okay, where they all started, they are different. They go back home with the magic elixir, which Joseph Campbell calls it, okay? But they go back home transformed. But between each of these stages that a hero has to journey, between each of these stages is an obstacle. Either their own self-doubt or a, a literal like obstacle in the way or maybe an, an enemy or maybe there's some sort of betrayal that happens. But between each stage of the hero's journey is an obstacle. And if you look at all the famous stories like um, uh, throughout history, so many of them follow this model, this formula. Okay, Luke Skywalker, okay, uh, he starts in, in his home in Tatooine and uh, he encounters a guide, Yoda, okay, and then he has to like cross the threshold and his biggest challenge is facing Darth Vader, okay, and he has, and literally where he fights Darth Vader is in this dark, empty space, all right? Uh, Katniss in Hunger Games go through this journey. Frodo Baggins in, Lord's, uh, in um, Lord of the Rings goes through this journey. So many of them go through this journey. But in between each stage is an obstacle. There's this famous saying that says, obstacles are opportunities in disguise. Obstacles are opportunities in disguise. Some people attribute this quote to spiritual guru Deepak Chopra. Others say it came from Steve Jobs. But the first person who actually said this was uh, President John Adams. Obstacles are opportunities in disguise. So if you are encountering an obstacle, if you are encountering a challenge, chances are you're headed down the right path. Joseph Campbell, in his book where he describes the hero's journey, he says this, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Oftentimes in life, we feel like God might be leading us down a road that we're supposed to go down this path. But in our minds, it doesn't make sense. Your gut and your heart tell you that you should go down this road, but our brains, our minds say, no, 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 that doesn't make any sense. That's stupid. That's not practical. Verse 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not under, on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. The New Living Translation uh, version of these two verses says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. There are so many times in life where our gut tells us this is the way we're supposed to go, but our minds tell us that doesn't make any sense. This is why verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The past three years, um, these two verses have really encouraged me and sustained me. At times when I could not understand why God would want me to do this crazy thing, 
like starting a new church in a city like LA, which is like one of the most anti-Christian cities in America, uh, it, it didn't make sense to me. And I always have to come back to this verse and remember that I have to trust in God with my heart, which tends to make less sense than my head. And at times when I wanted to quit and I wanted to take the easy, safe, and predictable route, God always put me back on the right path, the path that he wanted me to walk. Now, I don't know what the future holds for me, okay? I don't know exactly what this journey is gonna look like, but I know one thing, that I am not alone. For all of you, I don't know the path and journey that you're supposed to walk down, but I do know that God is with you. Let us pray. Let's take a minute, um, just on our own, in silence, and pay attention to how the Holy Spirit is guiding you and speaking to you at this time. For some of us, we might not have the luxury to take risks, and that's okay. But I imagine for most of us, we do have options, and we do have the space and the resources to be able to take some risks and to try different things and to figure out the path that God wants us to go. The world might tell you one thing, but your path is ultimately between you and God. So let's take a minute right now to pay attention to the Holy Spirit and how she is leading us and how she is guiding you. Lord, there are many voices in the world that will tell us where we're supposed to go or what we're supposed to do, but ultimately our journey is between us and you. May we nurture our relationship with you. May we become more self-aware and constantly be on this journey of self-discovery. Pay attention to how you are leading us. We thank you for giving us all of our blessings, all the resources that we have in our lives, and for many of us who have the space and the capacity to be able to try different things, help us to really pay attention to where you are leading us and go down that path. especially when we look at the example of Jesus Christ. By the world's standards, he was an utter failure. He grew up in a blue-collar home, and instead of following the family trade of carpentry, he became a self-proclaimed rabbi. And instead of recruiting the most elite students from the upper echelon of religious schools, he recruited 
fishermen, narcissists, religious rejects, and social outcasts. But ultimately, he accomplished the journey that you have put him on. The path that you have laid out for us is between us and you. So help us to trust in the ways that you have laid out for us. We thank you. We love you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we have this room for about 10 more minutes. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, try to finish up as much pastries and coffee as you can. And uh, next week, we are not here. We are going to be at the Dodger game. So if you come here next week, no one will be here. <laughs> All right. And uh, be sure to reserve your spot with Ben. All right.